The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Good morning, everybody. Today's gospel and today's homily focus on something that I think we probably don't talk enough about. Um, it's something that's in the background of our faith, but I think sometimes we try to convince ourselves that it's not there. And it's this. You and I, from the moment that we are born, we are born into a spiritual battle. And we don't have a choice. It's not like we get to choose whether or not we're going to be engaged in a spiritual battle. It's, it's happening. We're in it. We can pretend it's not there. All that means is that we succumb to the wrong side. But it's there. And if we take a look at society, um, it, probably all you have to do is open up the New York Times, and frankly speaking, we have evidence of the fact that there's a spiritual battle going on all over the place. All you have to do is open up the newspaper, turn on the TV, and watch the news. All the stuff that's going on. As, especially, well, I don't know, adults, kids, all of us, we have experienced in the last years in particular the fact that if we simply try to it's not, we're not, without even going around and attacking anybody, if we simply try to live what the church teaches, if we simply try to believe and hold convictions to what the church teaches, we can very easily get painted as bad guys in society, especially if it has to do with any issue that has to do with marriage or family or anything along those lines. So there's a real spiritual war taking place. And nonetheless, it's interesting. Jesus, the opening words of the gospel, he says, fear nobody. Even though we are born into the spiritual battle, Jesus gives us these words. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. And it's interesting. If you look at the lives of the saints, saints, the thing, one of the things that most marks them is they take on, you know, they engage fully in this spiritual battle and they take on the cross and they face all the consequences and nonetheless, they do not fear. It's interesting. You remember John Paul II, Pope Saint John Paul II, right? Okay, what was his story? You've got a guy that was born in, what year was it? 1920, I believe. Um, what was he born into? Okay, Poland. In his youth, first of all, at a very young age, he lost his mother. Then later on, he lost his father and his brother. By the time he was 22, he had lost his entire family one way or another. 
Then the Nazis came in and took over his country. And he had to study in an underground seminary, hidden. And, you know, he was basically stuck in kind of forced labor. I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't in a prison camp, but he was in, you know, doing mining and hard physical labor. And in his free time, he had to study his classes to be a priest. And then they were liberated from the Nazis by the Soviet Union, which is actually almost worse. So the entire time, up until he was named Pope, he was a priest and then made a bishop and then made a cardinal under the Soviet regime, under heavy persecution, under heavy pressure constantly. And this was a man whose opening words as Pope were, do not be afraid. And when you look at the lives of the saints, you see this over and over again. One of my favorite stories is St. Polycarp. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of St. Polycarp, second century saint. He was actually a disciple of St. John the Evangelist, the guy who wrote the, the fourth gospel and a couple of letters, three letters. Okay, St. Polycarp, like so many of the old saints and bishops, got martyred. So, you know, the Romans are there holding him in trial and saying, um, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. Do you know that if you don't renounce your faith, we're going to burn you alive? He says, well, let's see. My choice right now is between being burned by you or being burned forever in hell. Do you want me to light the fire or should you? He actually said that. He mocked the people that were going to martyr him. Why? Because he understood he understood the triumph that Christ has brought in the faith. So there are two, two sides that we need to be very realistic about. On the one hand, Satan is real. The devil is real. I was listening to a, a, a YouTube video recently by a, a modern day exorcist, and he was talking about different demons, you know, who have different uh, specialties, if you want, in our society and different aspects. So the devil is real and we can't play games with him. And Christ himself says we do, we do need to be afraid of that. Should we fear the devil because he's so powerful? In a sense, no. But what we should fear is this. The one thing in life that we should truly fear is the evil that we freely submit to. The devil can do nothing to us, truly. I mean, he can harass us and make life you know, he can annoy us, but he can really do nothing truly important to us unless we let him. And when the way that we let him is called sin. So the only one thing we really need to be afraid of is sin. The sin that we freely consent to. But even then, Christ, what is the beauty of our faith? The beauty of our faith, why did Christ come to be crucified on a cross? It is precisely to show he has triumphed over absolutely everything. The weapons of the devil are fear and fear of suffering and of death. And the cross is Jesus's triumph over the two biggest things that the devil can throw at us, suffering and death. When we suffer, united to the cross of Christ, when we offer our sufferings, let's say you have a painful disease or emotional woundedness or whatever our particular suffering is, when we unite that to Christ, when we give it to him in faith, hope, and love, he transforms that into redemption, into holiness. That's why God allows saints 
to suffer so much because they know how to give it to him and he transforms it into holiness for them and salvation for others. Suffering under those circumstances, it's like money. It's like eternal gold that God is giving you to save yourself and to save others, to gain a higher place in heaven for yourself and higher places in heaven for others. So when God allows suffering in our lives, instead of complaining and kicking and whatever, it is a gift. It's a gift. It's a difficult gift to accept. It requires the grace of God, but it is a gift. So let's use that gift when God allows it in our life the way that he wants it to be used so that it can turn into salvation. And ultimately, death is a gift. You know, nobody, I, I don't know, we, like 20 years ago, I remember they used to talk about the rapture. The rapture at the end of our lives, at the end of the world, there will be the rapture and people just kind of disappear. They go straight up to heaven. They never die. Death is a gift because it is a, it's kind of like the, uh, the caterpillar that goes into the cocoon and comes out the other side, comes out like a butterfly. That's an analogy for what God wants to do with us. Death is a transition. It is an opening to the fullness of what he wants to give us. And when you and I are willing to truly die to ourselves, when we, are, when we are willing to say, God, everything in my life belongs to you. It is not mine. It is a gift from you. You gave it. You can have it back. That is the gateway to heaven. Frankly speaking, none of us will get to heaven without dying to ourselves. None of us gets to heaven without dying to ourselves. The number one obstacle, in fact, the only obstacle in life to getting to heaven is clinging to yourself selfishly. So death under that perspective, in the light of faith, it is a gift from God that enables us to, open, to let him do what he wants. And his goals, his plans for us are always greater. They're always his desire for your happiness is so far beyond your own desire for your own happiness. We settle for such piddling little substitutes when what God wants to give us is absolute overflowing joy. So the takeaway is this. You and I are in a spiritual battle. We don't, get, we don't have a choice. We're in it. However, we are in it with the knowledge that if we truly choose to unite ourselves to Christ, if we truly, truly choose to seek God's will, if we truly choose the path of saints, we have guaranteed victory. And there is absolutely nothing that the devil can throw at us that can truly defeat us. And that is why we, like the saints, truly in the end have nothing to fear as long as we are united to the will of God. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.